to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Otherwise, I'm so glad to see you. Greetings from my wife. She texted me this morning. You guys have been sorely missed. She's missed you guys. And you've missed her as well, eh? And greetings from the little baby as well. I'm not sure if she was greeting you, but I think it sounded nice to say. (laughs) Yeah, it sounded nice to say. Um, She's 11 days now. So she's, I think she's counting down to her big debut, right? Yeah. For those who don't know, her name is Malumbo Amanda Kaloloma. So So we've got one more member, eh? I've just been waiting for Dekonestoko to send me the membership ID. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Okay, last week we started talking about the favor of God. It's a topic that I have studied for quite a number of years. And like I said, I think the majority of us, what we knew about favor was the dance, right? Can you do your favor dance? Let me see. (laughs) And, you know, I remember the first time I, um, the first time I saw the dance, there was a Zambia match. I think Zambia was playing a certain team. I just don't remember which team it was. And so, you know, during the commercials, they usually show music. So before the match started, there was a song. I've never heard it ever since, but it's called Favor is My Portion. I don't know if you've heard it. Yeah, there's a song called Favor is My Portion. So my uncle and I were watching the Zambia game together, and we didn't really, you know, we didn't pay that much attention to the song. And the game started and it was tight. It was tight. And then in the last minutes, Zambia scored. My uncle jumped off the seat and went, Feathers, my portion. (laughs) That memory has never left me. Actually, it should have been the Africa Cup. The one we won. That was the one. And I haven't really watched Zambian football since. I don't know, like, that high was too special for me. I don't want to ruin it. (laughs) Now, let's go to Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. 
I'm so used to turning around. Eh? Luke 2 verse 52. And that's where we'll start from. And we're looking particularly at favor with God. If you remember last week, we introduced the topic and we looked at how even before salvation, we all experienced the favor of God. But today I just want to show us something about favor with God and how it works. And you'll be amazed, eh? You know, um, you'll be amazed as we go on. So Luke 2 verse 52 the Bible says, maybe for context, let's start from verse 50. Now, this was when Jesus was, uh, remember when Jesus remained in the temple and his mother and father kept going around saying, Jesus, Jesus, and they couldn't find him. And then they went back to the temple and Jesus was like, didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? I'm sure Joseph was just, like, what's this young man saying? And Mary kept all these things in her heart, right? So now, uh, verse 51 says, Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. We should teach that in Sunday school. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus, now listen to this, Jesus increased in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and with men. Jesus increased in wisdom, so he kept on getting wiser, and then he increased in stature. He was bulking up like I've been. <laughs> I'm sure you've noticed I've been doing some good works over there in the gym. Sometimes the suits just hide it, but trust me, there's been a lot of work. So he increased in wisdom, he increased in stature, and interestingly, he increased in favor with God and favor with men. Now that's, that's a bit strange, you know? Like, when you sit down and think about it, Jesus increasing in favor with God. And then he also increased in favor with men. So now, last week when we defined favor, we mentioned how favor has to do with uh, God's mercy, his kindness, his goodness, his grace. And today there's one aspect of favor I want us to see. One aspect of it in terms of favor with God. Something I want us to know about favor is that it's a privilege to host God. We'll go further with this. But it's a divine privilege to host God. Have you ever had somebody you've hosted in your house and afterwards you are thinking, wow, did we just host them? Have you ever had those people that if they ever paid you a visit, like it's such an honor for you that they can even step into your household? You know, if Imagine somebody came up front here to give a testimony and they said, um, I'm sure you saw in the news that the president of New Zealand came to Zambia. Well, the president of New Zealand has been living at my house for the last one week. Would you, would you honestly believe them? <laughs> because in your head you'd be thinking, who are you to host the president of New Zealand? 
not that they are a better person than you, but uh, protocols would not permit that a mere Zambian, they, they may not have the security features and all those things that are needed to actually host a president. So now, I was talking about a privilege to host God, and I was giving you an example of how if an important dignitary came and you were selected to host them, then you must be important. Even if you are selected to just walk them through, then at that moment, you become really, really important. Now, our Lord Jesus loves to be hosted. You will see as we go on how we can host him. But look at Revelation 3 verse 20. He says something very interesting. And what, 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 what intrigues me the most is that he's talking to Christians when he's saying this. Because if you read the context, he wasn't talking to unbelievers. So Revelation 3 verse 20. Jesus says something. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. That's interesting. Jesus is longing to be welcomed. He's longing to, be, to have access to come so that he can express himself. Now listen to me. If you are a good host, then generally you'll be able to receive a guest and you'll be able to give them such freedom that they can express themselves and express themselves to the fullest. Now imagine hosting God. And he can express himself. He can express his ideas. He can express his vision for your life. He can express his vision for your destiny. He can express his vision for other people as well. Imagine that opportunity. Ladies and gentlemen, it is favor to have an opportunity to host God. Interestingly, when you read the scriptures, you find people who unfortunately got to host demons. Have you noticed that when people hosted demons in the Bibles, in the Bible, the demons had freedom to express themselves through the person. The demons had freedom to express their statutes. They had freedom to express their demonic um, capabilities, even their demonic strength. And that's why Jesus would cast out devils. And when devils would be cast out, people's lives would change. But then Jesus makes a promise about the Holy Spirit coming to dwell in believers. Giving us a promise that a time would come when believers would be able to host the Spirit of God. And he could express himself through them. That's why the believers could work miracles. That's why the believers could talk a certain way. And people would wonder, you guys are not educated, how come you talk like that? It's because they had an opportunity to host God and allow him to manifest his freedom through and in them. I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me build it up from the Old, from the Old Testament. Genesis 18, verse 1. An opportunity to host God. I want to just show you that the favor of God is connected to hosting him. And I want to start from the Old Testament. So Genesis 18 verse 1. The Bible says, The Lord appeared to him, that's Abraham, by the terebinth trees of Mamre, 
as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. Next verse. So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground. Let's continue. And said, my Lord, watch the key words, if I have found favor in your sight, do not pass by on your servant. Before we talk about Abraham's discernment, to be able to see three men and know that, oh my goodness, God has appeared. The Bible says, he, he looks at them and says, if I have found favor. If I found what? Favor. Do not pass by on your servant. Next verse. Please, let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Let's go on. And I will bring you a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. After that, you may pass by in as much as you have come to your servant. And they say, do as you have said. So now, Abraham is able to tell this is God. And then he offers, come sit, <laughs> rest. A God today needs sleep or slumber, right? And then he also offers food. For that matter, he says, I'll give you bread. But he changed the story. Why I'm saying he changed the story? He reminds me of... He reminds me of um, generally how our women are. Have you ever gone to a house and they've told you, no, please just sit for a minute. We just want to bring you a small juice. <laughs> and then the buffet that comes out. Like, like, how did you prepare all this in 15 minutes? This side there are biscuits. This side there's a wrap. <laughs> this side there's this. This side there's that. And they said, no, we just wanted you to have a little snack before you go home and have supper. I'm like, this is supper. <laughs> So Abraham promises God bread. Eh? Look at the next verse. Abraham hurried to the tent to Sarah and said, Quickly, make ready three measures of fine meal, knead it and make cakes. You see where my love of cakes comes from. And Abraham ran to the herd, took a tender and good calf, gave it to a young man and said, Hasten to prepare it. Next verse. So he took butter and milk, the guy just keeps going, <laughs> and the calf which he had prepared and set it before them and he stood by them under the tree as they ate. Now, at this point, he has an opportunity to host God, right? Now, of course, it may happen differently now and I'll get to that, but I just want us to see it from that picture first. The biggest favor any man at that point had was not what car they were driving, or how much they had. But at that moment, Abraham was hosting God. That's favor. And then God begins to express himself. Let's continue. They say to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And so he said, here in the tent. Uh -huh. And he said, I'll certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. God begins to express himself about Abraham's destiny. He begins to speak concerning Abraham's situation. Begins to speak concerning Abraham and his wife. And says, look, um, I'm going to come back at the time of life and your wife will have, it, will have a son. Now Sarah was eavesdropping, so she was listening at the tent door. I mean, if God is in the house, where else would you want to be? <laughs> 
So Sarah is by the tent door. I can only imagine. So Sarah is by the tent door behind him, listening to God speaking to Abraham. Next verse. And Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Now, not only was she barren, she had also hit the menopause. And then she was old. And you need strength to conceive and to deliver. When I say I know, I think I have an idea what I'm talking about now. <laughs> okay, I, I hope we're not still trying to improve anything. I think we're okay. Yeah, I think we're okay. Now, here's what happens afterwards. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure in my Lord also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why is Sarah laughing? So Sarah is even having thoughts. It was an intelligent conversation. It was, it was different from just like a mes- a, an angel coming and giving a message. There was actually a conversation that was taking place. Such that God could even interact with Sarah's thoughts because she laughed within herself. That's what happened. They had an opportunity to host God. Who's ever had that moment? Where you sit down. Everything is still. Everything is calm. And you can just sense the presence of God. And he speaks to you concerning your life. Ah, those moments will multiply. And usually in those moments when destiny is birthed, there's, there's, there, there's a grip on it you have. I, I don't know how I can put it. Like vision, destiny, it burns inside of you. It burns, it burns, it burns. It burns, absolutely burns. I remember being in my fourth year of university. And I think we had, um, we had a study break. And then I was going to have my final exams a week or so later, a week or two later, and had an invitation to go to South Africa. Specifically, uh, I was going to Mafikeng, that's somewhere near Botswana. And I was going there to preach. And I remember receiving a text from someone very concerned, saying, okay, look, we know you love the things of God, but should you surely go and preach just before your exams? which I passed. But anyways, should you surely go and preach just before your exams? But what they didn't know is that in moments of encountering God's presence, there is something he birthed inside. I just couldn't keep it to myself. Someone needed an opportunity to hear God. Someone needed an opportunity to encounter what I had encountered. And if I'm to remember that meeting for anything, uh, Pastor Cho, you were with me, right? She traveled. There was a little girl I've forgotten her name. Uh, But there was a little girl. And she was deaf in one ear. And we prayed. And I remember her coming to the stage to testify. And she says, uh, she she couldn't even really like say it. She's like, my ears are together. (laughs) That moment made everything worth it. Because those are things that had been birthed in private moments of encounter. Praise God. And I can talk about so many other moments. But what I'm saying is that when we get a privilege to host God, usually one of the things he will do is he will speak to us concerning our destiny. And in Genesis 19 verse 1, actually if you continue with Genesis 18, just to be, not 19, if you continue with Genesis 18, when you read down from verse 16, the next thing God does is he begins to speak to Abraham concerning Sodom. 
So Abraham has a privilege to host God. God speaks to him concerning his destiny. Next, God speaks concerning Sodom. And Abraham begins to intercede for Sodom. And specifically, he was interceding, having Lot in mind. And so because Abraham got an opportunity to host God, Lot and his family were spared. So favor on one ended up being favor on many. Imagine somebody today sits down and by the grace of God, they have an opportunity to host the presence of God. And God speaks to them and says, you'll start an orphanage and it will run like this, 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 and this, this, this. And he bursts that vision in their heart. Years later, the vision is still burning. It's still burning. It's still burning. They do one or two things, three or four things. Before they know it, they've hit the vision and they've started working. And while doing that work, let's say they only managed to touch 50 children. Can you imagine how big that is? That 50 people's lives, which would have gone a certain trajectory, will suddenly go the way, will suddenly go in the right path. Because someone out there decided, you know what? This vision is for everybody else. Can you imagine? 50 people's lives will change. One of the biggest privileges is when you can have a person praying to God, thanking him for you because you've been an answered prayer in their life. Those are moments where you realize when Jesus says it's more blessed to give than to receive. And that comes when we have an opportunity to host the presence of God. Can I give you another example of somebody who hosted the presence of God? Let's look at Moses. Exodus 33. Verse 1, 2, 3, 4. And we'll go to verse 12. An interesting conversation that God had. Exodus 33. Now let's look at it. Verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, Depart. Go up hence. You and the people whom you have brought up out of the land of Egypt. To the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob saying to your descendants, I will give it. Next verse. And I will send an angel before you, and I will drive the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, the Zambianites, and all those otherites. <laughs> okay, I just want to see if you're paying attention. <laughs> okay, someone will make a prayer. Every ite in my life. <laughs> okay. And he says, go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go among you, lest I consume you in the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. Now, God is telling them, saying, look, I'm going to send an angel, the angel will help you, but you're not going to host me, because I know the way I am. I'm very demanding. So I will not go among you, I will not come forth, because if I'm to come among you, I'll, I'll, and I express myself the way I do, some of you won't be happy about it. Interesting, eh? Now, read on to verse 12. And Moses said to the Lord, Behold, you tell me, bring up these people, 
and yet you haven't let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. 13. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, show me now your ways that I may know you, so that I may find favor in your sight, and consider this nation your people. And he said, my presence will go with you, and I'll give you rest. Notice that piece of intercession. Moses begins praying, saying, no, 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 God, you've said I found favor in your sight. If that's the case, show me your ways. I want to know how you're like. I want to know what you think, how you think like. And that's the one that revealed the Lord. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love, and that will in no way justify the guilty. And he says, if I found favor in your eyes, at least let me know how you're like. Let me have an experience with your presence. And then God changed his mind and said, my presence will go with you and will give you rest. Imagine that, an opportunity to do life with God. I tell you another person who found favor with God and in doing so hosted God. Let me show you another one. Mary. Luke 1. Now look at verse 28. Luke 1 verse 28. The Bible says, Having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. So when the angel met Mary, what did the angel tell her? You found favor. And then what did that favor lead to? She was going to host God in her. <laughs> she said, look, you found favor in God's sight. God has decided to favor you. And the biggest result of this favor will not be the, the gold, frankincense, and myrrh which the, which the wise men will bring. The biggest result of this favor will not be you traveling to Egypt for some time. The biggest result in, of this favor is the word of God was going to come in her. The Holy Spirit was going to make it happen. And Mary was going to host God's son whose name was going to be Jesus. No wonder when Mary met Elizabeth. Did you notice how Elizabeth reacted? Mary goes to Elizabeth. Elizabeth said, hey. Okay, maybe she didn't say that. But Elizabeth said, blessed are you among all women. Why? Because Mary's womb hosted God. I, I don't know. I don't know if there's a, a level of favor that's... Like, she hosted the very... As in, <laughs> the word became flesh, was in her womb, and was drinking of that amniotic fluid. <laughs> I've begun to visualize it a bit more these days. I'm telling you, I'm, I don't know, you know, like, and you know what's interesting? The innkeeper missed out on that opportunity. By now, would have all known the name of that inn and would have been naming all our churches after the inn, right? Like, <laughs> though I've never heard of Menja Church. If you're watching and you're a pastor, at least we need a church that's entitled the Menja. <laughs> but think about it. What that inn missed out on, the Menja got to experience. Because they hosted God. 
And you know, that's, when you see it like that, you take things like church services very seriously. Because with church services, it tells us when two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their presence. Now, let me show you a few ways you can host God. Number one, through his word. Through his word. The word became flesh and tabernacled among them. Every time you have the entrance of God's word, it brings light to you. Why? Because when you have God's word, you have him. You can host God through his word. And that's why we must take opportunities to study the word. We must take opportunities to listen to sermons. Haven't you noticed that when you study the word, or perhaps when you listen to a sermon, maybe you may have been downcast, you may have been weak. There's a strength that you draw. Where is that strength coming from? It's coming from that opportunity you've had to host God. So you can host him through his word. Glory to God. We host him by having the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. Do you remember when the church was struggling in 1 Corinthians 6 and Paul decided to correct them? Have you noticed the biggest correction he gave them? He said, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? In short, take it very seriously that you've got the Holy Spirit dwelling in you as a believer. And take opportunities to commune with him. I'll show you as I'm closing what happens when you commune with him. But take opportunities to commune with the Spirit of God. It's something that I've learned to do from the age of 14. Where I just sit and just speak to God. Like he's right here. Just take opportunities to commune with the Spirit. Then you can host his ideas. And that's what births vision. You can host his ideas. That passion that you have. That passion that you have. There was a time when I was with, um, I went on a mission, a church mission trip. And we went to Kitwe. And so there was a lady I was with. And when we entered the church, her and I both, we ended up having a conversation and we were thinking of different things. I, I was thinking, wow, um, this mission trip, I've got a lot to teach them. There's a lot that I need to teach because a number of them looked like there are certain aspects of the word that they hadn't been exposed to. And then the lady I was with, she was just thinking, wow, we need to replace those benches. So we need to get money and replace those benches. We need to get money and replace that. We need to get money and replace that. We went to the same place, but we were thinking of different things. Why? Because the burden in our hearts was different. And no burden was bigger than the other. 
it's God's burden upon everyone's life. And many of us have never known. But usually the place where we find communion with God very easy is that place of vision and burden. It's that place of vision and burden. The, the first few days of um, my wife, uh, the baby's life were not necessarily the easiest due to certain things. So I would spend a lot of time praying and praying for the baby and my wife, of course. But interestingly, somehow I couldn't stop praying for you. It's like that part just can't be switched off. It's vision, it's destiny. So I would finish with those prayers. Before I know it, I'm spending the next hour just praying for everyone in the church. Lord, let them be safe. Let them be preserved. Let their minds be well. Let their hearts be well. Let none of them suffer depression. Let none of them suffer sickness. Anyone who's had any issues, let them be sorted out. People, I'm, I'm telling you, as in, it's like if it can't be switched off. And, you, and what's funny is, in that place of purpose, I usually hear God very easily. I can tell this is the direction God wants me to take. Never neglect the opportunity to host God's ideas. God has got ideas about how he wants the world to run across all fields. Never neglect that opportunity. It's usually in that place that you find you host the presence of God. Never neglect the ideas of God. He has ideas. Never neglect that. Never neglect the ideas of God. Maybe that's why he taught us about dreams the previous weeks, right? You know when you read 1 Corinthians chapter, um, chapter 12 and verse 7, you get to see that each Christian has been given a gift to profit everybody else. In short, there is something that's in you that God deliberately planted that I'm supposed to benefit from. So the longer you sit on it, you're holding back my benefit. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, <laughs> come on, don't sit on it. As in there's something special everybody has. And so when you, when you can host the ideas of God, now imagine how the world would be if everyone was to yield to that. Others would end up having a serious healing ministry. They, when they lay hands on the sick, the sick just get healed. And then there are others, the ideas of God will manifest in such divine wisdom that they come up with a drug that just gets rid of, of certain sicknesses. I, I don't know if you're getting my point. There are others, when they just sit to counsel people, Depression will flee. There are others when they sing. Windows will break. Okay, that's not necessary. <laughs> okay, let's spiritualize it. Windows of the hearts of men which have been covered with the glass of the... Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, let whatever you think of it. <laughs> Precious, that's your word. <laughs> I'm just saying, imagine what would happen if everyone could yield to the ideas of God. Hey. Imagine what would happen. Abraham yielded and we all benefited. Jesus yielded and we all benefited. Any person in the scriptures who yielded ended up helping the rest of the people. Solomon yielded and Israel had so much gold that it was a silver that was as plenty as the sand. And that's something I never want us to neglect. Like, you know, one of the ways I saw seeds of honor in this regard is sometimes I'll just sit and I'll pray, God, if you have any ideas or any thoughts, anything you want me to do, feel free to tell me. I may not hear anything in that moment. I may not hear anything the next day. I may not hear anything for three, four weeks. But what you're doing is that you're creating a platform through which when he wants to speak, it will be easy. Create a platform for God to manifest his ideas. So many of us are writing our resolutions already, resolutions for 2022. Go also into prayer and say, God, what do you want me to accomplish in 2022? Is there anybody you would like me to help? Praise God. Hallelujah. We can also host God. This is an interesting one. Eh? Let me give you one more. Let me give you one more from the book of Matthew 10. Verse 41. Verse 40. Let's read it. Now this is Jesus speaking. He who receives you receives me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly, I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. We see three things there. Number one, an opportunity to host a servant of God is an opportunity to host God, right? Because he's manifesting his message through his servant. So, for example, the way we are all seated and paying attention to the word, in doing so, we're actually hosting God himself. But then he goes further and says, you know what? Yes, pastors are fine, but any righteous man, you, you, you sit down with any believer and you've actually hosted God. And he says, you know what? Beyond that, even the little ones, even the ones who may seem like the most insignificant, even those who may seem like the most unregarded, if you are to offer them even just a cup of water, you shall be one of those whom the Bible says Jesus will look at and say, come and receive of my father. For when I was hungry, you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was in prison, you visited me. And then they will say, Lord, when did we feed you? And he said, whenever you did it for any of the little ones, you did it for me. The day you realize that, that by helping any form, any 
any human being to God, you're actually doing it to Jesus. I think your mindset will change. You would never want to bully anyone. Maybe we've not read that verse, eh? Very quickly as we're ending. No, look at it. The preciousness of any human being, when you realize that preciousness, that everyone has that deposit of God in them, I'm telling you, you would want to treat everyone a certain way. Look at Matthew 25. I remember reading this verse in 2010. Look at this. Very quickly, Matthew 25, verse 34. The king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me to drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it for one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. And specifically, he emphasizes the least because it's very easy to do certain things for those who are in high positions and those who, if you have to do it for them, they can reward you. But when we come to a place where we learn to do divine things for people who've got no ability to reward us on this earth, we're really doing it for the Lord Jesus. Praise God. Hearing that, tell me, would you would you even consider going on social media and bullying someone? Would you actually consider body shaming someone? How do you think the Lord Jesus takes that? So for him, every act of kindness is noted. And that's why whenever you have an opportunity to help any person in this world, don't look at it as you doing them a favor. Look at it as the favor of God. Like, think about it this way. Let's say somebody was not going to have a meal, but you're the one who provided that meal. See it as God gave me such an opportunity to participate in his divinity that whereas he was supposed to provide the meal, he decided to use me to provide it. It's an opportunity to thank God. That's why you would say it's more blessed to give than to receive. Because any human being, you have an opportunity to help. Sometimes I meet people and they're like, oh, I'm so excited to meet you. I'm more excited to meet them. Imagine God gives me an opportunity to preach the gospel to his very people. People that he actually came to earth and died for. So maybe favor is more than just doing this. Perhaps, perhaps you're favored right now to sit next to the person you're seated next to. Because there is a dimension of God which has been locked up in them. Yes, which you can only get by turning to them and saying hi. <laughs> uh, someone sent me a message the other day. I think they came to church and they found our, our team downstairs greeting people. So they thought the team was like waiting for me. Like they're waiting to greet me. So they were just shocked. They were like hi, 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 hi. And so they're like, I was freaked out. Like, um, 
I thought they were waiting for you. I said, no, it's you they were there for. Because you're the most important person in this church. Praise God. Okay, turn to your neighbor and say you're important. Say, I'm favored to sit next to you. Tell them, I'm excited about your destiny. Say, I'm excited about your life. Say, I am excited to experience God through you. Say, I'm honored to experience God through you. Okay, but neighbor, after you've heard that, surely now you're alive for now. Amen. <laughs> Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Just take a moment. Speak to him. Just say, God, I'm honored to have you in my life. Feel free to express yourself, to reveal to me your word, to reveal to me your ideas, to reveal to me your thoughts. Feel free to use me to change other people's lives. Feel free to use me to help other people. Just pray for a minute. And if there's any person in this place that is saying, Pastor, I would like to surrender my life to the Lord Jesus. I want to give him my life. I want to be born again. It doesn't matter what path you've been on. You can start afresh. And we'll help you. If you're one of those people, I don't want you to be shy. Very quickly, I'd like you to lift your hands. Yeah, that's special. Okay? Yeah, that's special. You're very special to God. Never forget that. Lift your hands, please. And I want you to say after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you came in the flesh. You lived on earth. You died. You were buried. And you rose again. So today I give you my life. Amen. Just keep your hands lifted. For in thy presence is healing divine no other power can save Lord but thy Holy Spirit thou art welcome in this place Holy I can sense the Holy Spirit just touching all your lives. Just allow Him. Omnipotent Father of mercy and grace, Thou art welcome in this place. So anyways, in number 623, so he speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you will bless the children of Israel. 
Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. So now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. I'll say it again. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and the Lord give you peace. May the Lord perfect everything that concerns you. May the Lord straighten your paths. May the Lord favor you. May the Lord give you opportunities to host his ideas. May he increase the revelation of his word in your life. May the glory of the presence of his spirit increase in your life. May the Lord speak to you concerning your destiny. May the Lord give you opportunities to be a blessing in other people's lives. May the Lord give you an opportunity to express divinity in the lives of others. Now I stand with you, even with those who are interceding for their health, those who are praying for finances, those who are praying perhaps for a job, those who are praying for other opportunities. I stand with you and I pray that may the Lord God perfect everything that concerns you, your education and your life. May the Lord perfect everything that concerns you. May the Lord preserve you on the road. May the, road, may the Lord preserve you as you travel. May the Lord preserve you in your homes. May the Lord preserve you from unfortunate circumstances. May the Lord preserve you from sickness. May the Lord preserve you from curses. May the Lord preserve you from divinity. May the Lord preserve you from any form of sorcery. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you are blessed and you are preserved. Your week is blessed and everything is blessed in Jesus' name. Let's say the grace together. The amazing grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord. service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the city of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.